You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans suffer a pretty rough defeat, 126-121 to the Brooklyn Nets, a game where the final score does not really tell you the whole story. The Pelicans were pretty abysmal in this one throughout, but we're going to spend some time talking about it because, oh my God, some of the bad stuff here. It took me a while just to get going on this podcast because I don't really know what to say. If you watch the game, you know all about it, but we'll still recap it. We'll talk a little bit more about that here. Then we're going to kind of play the blame game, a game I actually don't think is the right thing to do here, but we need to maybe talk about it a little bit. And then I'm going to talk about something where this Anthony Davis decision is kind of polarizing this team and putting them into more of a holding pattern, but not with on-court stuff, off-court stuff. We'll talk about that in the third segment here. So this probably, this is, as I said on Twitter, it's, I'm not angry at the Pelicans now. I'm just kind of disappointed. So it's probably going to carry through a little bit in the podcast. It's going to be like a down, kind of quiet, reserved edition of Locked On Pelicans. So it was a 126-121 loss for the New Orleans Pelicans against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and that final score does not really do this justice. It was not nearly this close, and it took a furious fourth quarter for the Pelicans to even consider getting back in this one, or to get back into this one, I should say. They were down by as many as 24 in this game, 15 at the half, after being outscored 39-29 to in the first period. You saw them come out with basically no energy, no effort, no awareness, no real cares to try on defense or anything like that. It kind of permeated the first half as well. They went on a bit of a mini run late to at least pull it within 15 and give themselves maybe kind of a chance at evening the game some point in the second half. But we've seen this story before where the team goes out, gets in a hole, and uses all of their energy and effort in the fourth, and they wake up and they try hard and they do everything they should to try and win the game, but they're in such a hole that it's a little too late. Like if you look at this one, if only it was 10 points, maybe they win the game, but they didn't give themselves a 10-point deficit. They gave themselves a 15-point deficit. So who gives a shit because that wasn't the reality? And that's kind of, uh, you know, the situation of this team. You can kind of hit on everything they were going to say in the post-game press conference because we've been here before. They don't learn from it, and they still come out flat despite knowing all of this and talking about how they need to play with urgency and together and unity and all that. It just doesn't matter. Now, there, we, we can recap the box score on this one, but we're there's no need to. You know, there's a couple numbers you want to see, and that's of the 121 points scored by the Pelicans in this one, 116 were scored by the starters. It's really, really good. Each one more had 16 points. Julius Randle had 21 points. Drew Holiday had 20. Alfred Payton looked awesome in this one, by the way. 25 points along with seven, re, uh, seven assists and two rebounds for him. He also went two of four from deep. And then you had Anthony Davis put up a monster stat line. 34 points and a career high 26 rebounds along with only one turnover. The Pelicans just turned it over 12 times on the night. They shot 52.9% from the field, including 43.5% from deep. 
and he still lost. So of there, if you're doing the math, of their 121 points, the starters scored 116. That leaves a whopping total of five points scored by the bench. That is five points combined from Tim Frazier, Solomon Hill, Darius Miller, Frank Jackson, and Ian Clark. Five guys combined for five points. If you want to average it out, that's one point per player on the bench. That's not good, to say the least. We knew the bench is bad. The starters played really well, and this team still couldn't get it done. So people are kind of gravitating towards the that number, and it's such a huge discrepancy that if your starters put up 116, you should damn well win the game. But they didn't. And that's because of other things, too. And we're going to talk about this in the next segment where the blame is not on one thing. And we'll, we'll say why people like to focus on that. But look, it's also on the starters for kind of putting you in a 10-point deficit to start the game off. If they were just even in that, the Belkins can win the game. It's on them for giving up 34 points in the second quarter. On them for giving up 32 in the third. They didn't win a frame until the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're not going to win very many games there. And that's just not on the bench because you have starters playing together during that phase two for their inability to get back on defense after made buckets when you actually have time to get back and you're not playing in transition that's not good that's just a lack of awareness or not caring or not trying you know when you see these weird lineups that Alvin Gentry tossed out there it makes no sense you had Ed Davis running rampant over this team and they were playing three guards what are you doing? Jaleel Okafor didn't get minutes in this one. Why were you trotting a lineup out there of Tim Frazier, Ian Clark, and Frank Jackson's together for a moment or two? Or three other random guards? Like, what is going on here where, okay, maybe this would work? Now, I don't actually think Jaleel Okafor would have been the answer in this game. If you saw how many times the Pelicans were burned in just one-on-one straight-line drives from the three-point line to the rim, he's not going to be able to keep up with any of those guys, and it was some of the big men for the Nets that were doing it. But you were down 18 at that point. Why not try it? Don't act like you thought this team was going to wake their ass up in the fourth quarter and kind of pull you back into this one and get it within five. At that point, if it's 18 and you're down and things don't look like they're changing, maybe you need to try something different. Certainly. You know, Anthony Davis had 26 rebounds in this one. The team combined for 41 total. None of this is good. You know, that's an insane difference between him and the rest of the team. He grabbed 26. The rest of the team grabbed 15. It's not just on one thing or one person or one unit. This is a top-to-bottom failure of the team. And that's really all you need to kind of say on this one, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment here. For the Nets, though, they had a pretty good night overall, obviously. From top to bottom, you had Jared Dudley making threes out there at one point. You had Joe Harris with 21 points, including a couple late in the fourth that really iced the game for this Nets team. D'Angelo Russell was excellent, and he's been excellent against the Pelicans in their two games so far this year. He scored 22 on the night. For the bench, you had Spencer Dinwiddie there, 18 points. Shabazz Napier, the immortal Shabazz Napier, right, Um, put up 
12 points, and you had DeMar Carroll put up 19. Just couldn't get it done, and you should have. And there's so many reasons why that you see a game like this where one or two little things could have changed it, but the Pelicans aren't in a position to be able to do that and to overcome that and don't have those one or two little things changed to get them victory. So this is a rough loss for the Pelicans. There's no doubt about it. So before we get to the blame part of the podcast, I don't know if I want to call it the blame game, something, I don't know. We'll just talk and you guys will understand what I'm trying to say here. If you've got someone you do want to blame or you have a question about the Pelicans or just an opinion or take, we've got a call in line for you to become part of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. All you got to do is call 504-321-0448. That's 504-321-0448. You can leave a voicemail uh, and give me your opinion. Ask me your questions. We'll use them here on the podcast. It's a way to make this a little bit more interactive. Involve all of you in this. I think it'll be pretty fun. Um, We've already got a couple of great ones. I get to see them all and listen to them all, and I promise you I will. And they will get used on the podcast, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Join the show. Call 504-321-0448. All right, the blame portion of this podcast, this show, and I'm not saying we're we're playing the blame game on who should we blame and what should we do and what's the real reason for this problem, because I think that's all really stupid and kind of pointless, and there's just kind of no need for any of that here. You see a lot of people want to pin this on one thing, and I think that's human nature and a natural thing to do because it makes you think that it can be fixed. And if it's just one thing, maybe this team is closer to contention or fixing all of the issues or riding the ship than they actually are, and it's comforting that way. Or maybe people just want to defend Anthony Davis and don't want to blame him because he's their favorite player. I've seen some of it be that too, along with a number of other things on why we blame one thing or zero in on one thing. People are zeroing in on the five bench points to this in this loss to the Knicks, and certainly that's one of the main culprits of it, but it's a lot of things, and it's just like a lot of things are the problem with this Pelicans team. As if pointing to five points from the bench makes should not make you feel better about this team, about this franchise. Think about that for a moment. Why are people pointing that like, okay, well, at least it's that, and it's not Anthony Davis, or it's not the starters, or it's not the defense, or it's not the offense. You point to one thing like that that is a huge indictment of this franchise, and that's the way I think we need to look at this. It's a top-to-bottom thing. The bench lost them this game, 100%. The starters also didn't do themselves any favors through the first three periods, playing very poor defense, missing assignments and all of that. Um, The defense was just bad overall. No one, the starters included, came out with the energy or effort required to really win this game, and they only woke up late in the fourth quarter. And it's fair to ask, would they have woken up if they weren't in such a deficit? Who knows? It's kind of a weird situation. So I look at this and people are throwing blame at other things to kind of make themselves feel better. And every time you go, well, it's the bench, should make you feel just as shitty as if it was Anthony Davis who did it. I'm swearing a lot on the podcast today. Maybe it's not the kind of quiet, reserved podcast. It's more of an angry cast than the I'm just, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed cast. But I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Every time you throw blame on something else, it should not make you feel good about what's going on with this team and just kind of shows you that it's coaching with those weird lineups. It's the starters just not playing with the intensity needed. It's also, you know, the bench for not doing that, the front office for 
uh, putting this team together as is and potentially wasting the prime of Anthony Davis, not even prime, wasting his tenure here in New Orleans. All of that is not a good thing. I mean, it's kind of really that simple. So it's kind of so weird to me that people are using this to justify things one way or another. It's all of it. It's not one thing. One thing is not going to change this. Um, promoting a guy like Finch or Ehrman to head coach and firing Gentry, it's not going to fix it. Getting rid of Dell Demps midseason, not going to fix it. Trading away Anthony Davis right now, not going to fix it. It's a lot of things that need to come together. So that's why I don't like the blame game. And everyone's open for criticism on this. And it's just wild that they are unable to have put this together over the period of time that they have. And it is frustrating. And all this is going to lead to something that we're going to talk about in the next segment quickly that I think is kind of interesting. But there's so much blame to go around. It's not just on one thing. The bench was not good, but the Pelicans had to dig themselves out of a hole that the bench put them in, that the starters put them in, that the coaches put them in, and that the front office put them in. And that's a huge issue here. And it's unfortunate that it's, again, as I've said in the past couple of weeks, it feels like this is the culmination of a lot of things, years in the making that are kind of getting the Pelicans to the point that they are now. It's just, not good. Anthony Davis can still be amazing and we can still criticize him on this. The starters can be good or he can have as much help as he needs or not as much help as he needs. It's a ton of things. So it's a pretty rough time to be a Pelicans fan from that. News is there's still time to get going, but something needs to change. That is very certain at this point. So before we get to a scenario that's maybe going to play out with this Pelicans team that's kind of caused by this Anthony Davis trade talk and will he or won't he be here next year, don't forget there is a lot going on around the NBA right now. You've got Kawhi Leonard heading back to San Antonio uh, one night after putting up a career high against the Utah Jazz. Big storylines all over the place. And if you need one podcast to catch up on all of it, it is the Locked On NBA podcast. Monday through Friday, five days a week. Get everything you need to know about the association. Just be a you know, intelligent, smart basketball fan, and you'll know what's going on. And of course, I host the Wednesday edition on there. We have a lot of fun on it. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So there's a situation playing out in Utah right now where they're kind of significantly raising season ticket prices in certain parts. And it's to be expected. They sold out of season tickets last season. So you have to figure, or sorry, this season, that they're going to raise the prices because the demand forms there. But it's pricing some people out. The team's not exactly doing great like they were expecting them to after last season. And it's leading to a lot of kind of discontentment. And it shows you that this is a really tough kind of balance to strike running that business side of things while trying to make fans happy and the Utah Jazz have come out and tried to put a positive spin on it saying it's for ticket gouging that these cheap season tickets people have they keep reselling them instead of using them themselves you know maybe that can be tracked to an extent probably somewhat easily I guess but they're trying to say we're trying to protect others from price gouging by maybe price gouging our own fans first so it's a weird situation. They're not they've said they're not really worried about bad PR, bad press with it. But this is going to be an interesting situation because season ticket renewals usually start in January or February for the Pelicans over the past number of years. And all of a sudden they're going to be asking fans to put up money for season tickets, pay for next season now 
And there is a lot of talk about whether Anthony Davis is going to be here or not. And I think it's kind of a valid question for a lot of these season ticket holders. And this makes me feel really, really bad for the ticket reps of the Pelicans, a lot of whom I know, and they're super nice. And this is going to be a tough, tough job, but it's interesting and it kind of goes to show you that this Anthony Davis situation is so much bigger than just, are the Pelicans going to be good next year? Are they going to make the playoffs in the foreseeable future? Are they rebuilding? Are they tanking? What's going on with the team? This has such far-ranging consequences that you have to figure people aren't going to renew right away. And if the Pelicans raise prices, that's probably not going to go over well until people know what's going on with Anthony Davis and getting that resolved. So I think this is a pretty interesting situation here that we might see play out in a different way than what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm curious to see how they're going to do it. This has, again, Anthony Davis impacts a lot of lives, both directly and indirectly. And certainly this is kind of one of them. It's going to you know, impact people spending their money that they work hard for. It's going to impact people earning money and their jobs with the Pelicans and what their roles are. And there's even more consequences and far-ranging implications of it than this. Just something to kind of keep an eye on. If you get a call from a ticket rep, be nice to them. Their job is tough enough as is. I've, I've heard the stories of them getting chewed out by season ticket holders and other fans when the team's bad, even though they don't really have kind of a hand in that. They're not running the team in the front office or anything like that. So be nice to them if you end up talking to them. They work really hard. But again, the Anthony Davis thing is not just on-court stuff. It is a lot of off-court stuff as well. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Disappointing outcome against the Brooklyn Nets. And like we said, you can blame whoever you want, but there's a lot of blame to go around. And it's not just one thing, and it's not just one thing is going to fix it. So if you focus in on one problem, think about the others as well. And please, if you want to be part of the podcast, let me know your thoughts on this team. Feel free to ask any questions you have. It's 504-321-0448. You can leave a voicemail, and it might get played here on the podcast. Thank you all for for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and be back with you all tomorrow